0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: Thank you for listening to Knockin' Doors Down, brought to you by KDD Media Company.
2: She passed it right down on to us, her daughters, that um, it was just always how you looked. Mm -hmm. You know, being being pretty and having your hair and your nails and your makeup. Um, The house, spotless. Don't, you know, our house didn't look lived in. God forbid we left you know, <laughs> a shoe like we'd take our shoe off and grab a drink of water and go back to get our shoes and they're gone. Boom. You know, mom's already put them away. Mm-hmm, right. um, so just a lot of a lot of pressure to always be perfect.
1: Support for Knocking Doors Down is brought to you by Manscaped. Who's the best in men's below-the-waist grooming? Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code KDD at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the code KDD. Your balls will thank you. This is the Knockin' Doors Down podcast, your host, Jason Lachance. Yes, a history of adversity that I've turned into my advantage. Hopefully it's inspirational to you, much like all of our guests on here. Of course, I went through some childhood trauma, sexual abuse, struggle with alcoholism, divorce, financial ruin, you name it. I've kind of faced a lot of it. And uh, my co-host, Mike Naraki, no different. He's had his adversities, a little run-in or two. Yeah, no
3: divorce or anything like that. I haven't taken that plunge, but... uh... (laughs) Yeah, you know, got myself busted a time or two. What are you going to do?
1: Uh, yeah, he has, and of course has some substance abuse, but turn it around, and that's what knocking doors down is all about, taking that adversity, turning it into knowledge, and letting it fuel your future. And our guest uh, today, Shanda Renee, no different, a total sweetheart of a lady, very talented actress. Her first movie was with director Gary Marshall. She's talented, really inspirational story. Sexual abuse started very, very early in her life, and you'll hear all about that and how it led to relationships that were completely codependent, uh, non-functioning, everything else. And, uh, you know, now she's just really on her feet, got some great projects coming up, some, some movie projects she's producing, uh, getting the funding for, I mean, really an inspiration for when you want to go for something in life. She is an example of that.
3: Yeah. She's, uh, definitely a truly inspirational story. That's for sure. She definitely pulled herself out of some, uh, dark times. You you'll hear it
1: and makes a hell of an apple pie
3: well I wouldn't know
1: <laughs> Shanda came in studio and gave us a gift of an apple pie but Mikey he, he plays it up he was sweet enough to say "No, nah, take it home for your kids which they thoroughly enjoyed it so
3: yeah, yeah it, was, uh, it was definitely a sweet gesture on her part but the kids would enjoy it more than I have but it was definitely uh,
1: smelled good oh yeah <laughs> it, it, it did <laughs> uh, alright well uh, about that time
3: yep let's jump into it
1: Do you know I got a pie she made me a pie.
2: I made... What the you, fuck? I made you both pies. <laughs> I, <was gonna> <laughs> I made you
3: I both pies. You ruined it. I wasn't going to tell him that. I'm, uh, uh, I'm Mexican, so for the holidays, we have tamales. So the last thing I need is pie, but thank you. All, you can have it. Take it home to the kids and
1: whatnot, because I can't. I'm kidding.
3: I have a slow I metabolism. It with you. Of straight well, to, you don't
2: look like
3: it. You guys uh, look great. Oh,
1: thank you. Uh, and you look gorgeous. You look great as well. It's nice to meet you finally Yay. in person. Uh, Shanda Renee here with us on uh, Knocking Doors Down. And uh, boy, what. Uh, not only are you doing great things and of course uh, excited for some of your uh, upcoming film roles the one in particular we'll want to get into but uh, what you're also doing on social media is cool before we started recording telling a story of uh, a lady reached out to you and said you sharing your story and being positive you know kept her from taking her own life she mm-hmm. had a plan yeah. which we all know that's a scary point because I've been there I had a plan at one time too I just
2: mm-hmm.
1: f- fucked up <laughs> It was good that, being a fuck up because it yeah, didn't go right. Yeah. So. That,
2: when I had, when I, well, many times I've had plans, but when I was one of the times I was really out there executing that plan, I got that wrong too. Because <laughs> obviously <laughs> I'm still here. That was a really cool story, though. I actually ended up saving a life the night I was trying to take my own. So, we'll, really we'll, start yeah. with that. Totally. Let's get that. into it. Yeah. I know. I'm like, we might as well just jump in. Don't leave me hanging now. Because my story is crazy. And, and like I was telling Jason, it goes all over the place. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, so we'll just jump in right there. Um, gosh. Where wa- where was I? A little bit of the backstory. This was in two thousand and six, I believe. Um, a si- single mom. I had I was trying to get out of yeah. trying to escape my my uh, ex husband who was um, heroin addict, meth addict, raging alcoholic, extremely abusive. So I was many years into the trying to get away from him, yeah. which was a back and forth, back and forth especially being, you know, having a son and being completely financially dependent on him. So there's all that, which we can maybe get into all of that. But <laughs> yeah. that's kind of the backstory where I was, 2006. Um, I had finally reached the point that I just wasn't making ends meet with my son. He went to live with his grandmother. And that was pretty much my, my rock bottom.
0: Yeah. Without
2: my, oh, I'm gonna cry already, what well, the that's heck? that's okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah, without my son, you know, I was like, what am I, what's, what what am I worth and all of that those years of fighting to get out of that marriage and to try to find a way to survive and all kinds of desperate things to do so all of a sudden without him was like what was all that for Mm -hmm. and I was just left with just shame and guilt and pain and all of that so um yeah that brought well and also I was misdiagnosed some antidepressants and that didn't help it Ooh, kind of We've took, heard
3: that before too. Yeah. You know.
2: Yeah. Um, I had no, you know, no idea at the time, obviously, but um, it was since taken off, you know, the market um, came out that uh, being diagnosed the wrong amount actually pushed people over the edge. Mm-hmm. So when you're already teetering, yeah, it actually made it worse. And so that's where I was. I was already there, and then I was taking these pills, and they made me so numb that I, w- I was like, yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and I was at that place where I felt, um, and let me know if I'm like looking at you guys and taking away from the mic. <laughs> no, you're <laughs> great. You're <Okay>. good. <laughs> um, I uh, I was at that place where I felt like I would be better for my son if I wasn't around. Right. Because I couldn't take care of him financially, couldn't figure it out. Um, the things I kept doing to try to survive and, and make money led to more problems, you know, I'll throw some hints out, strip clubs, mm-hmm. um, which led to drinking to handle that atmosphere, which led to DUIs, which led to mom going to jail, you know, yeah. all this kind of stuff. So, um and I didn't have the kind of family that said, hey, come home and live with us until you get on your feet. I never had that. I right. had the, you got yourself into, it, get yourself out of it. Mm. Um And then with that came, oh, but everything you're doing to get out of it is bad, right. wrong, you know, so. Um, yeah, so I came to that place where I would just be better off, um, or he would be better off if I wasn't around because then everybody would be forced to take care of him. They wouldn't take care of him with me in the picture, but without me, well, then yeah, people would step in. Yeah. So um, yeah, I made my plan. I got—I uh, at the time I had like six cats or something crazy. <laughs> uh, I had a lot of cats, and I had my little <laughs> pomeranian. So I went and got um, a, enough uh, food. To feed them for a week to give time for them to find my body. Oh, sure. um, and I cleaned my apartment. I had this cute little studio apartment in Santa Monica, um, cleaned it, you know, sterile, organized. So when people came and in- Found the animals that everything was in place and in order because God forbid it was dirty. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Our logic when we're Our, in that frame of mind right? is really, really interesting. I, I mean,
2: all that like stuff from my childhood of always having to be perfect—you know—was really, you know, coming into gear at the moment I was about to take my life. Um, and uh, yeah, I got uh, pen, paper, and um, went and got. I think it was like seven bottles of extra strength Tylenol PM and a jug of Captain Morgan and a six-pack of Corona and got my animals handled, an apartment handled, got in my car and drove up and down PCH drinking, numbing myself, Um, made one call to my ex-husband and said, take care of our son and tell him I love him. And within a few, I don't know, I can't remember all the timing, but a few minutes, 10 minutes, maybe 30, who knows, um, my mom tried to call. So obviously my ex must've called her. So I just I just turned the phone off. I didn't even answer it. Cause I didn't want her, I didn't want anyone talking me out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how, you know, this wasn't a pl- cry for help this time. There had been times in the past where it was like, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. And then allowed people to talk me out of it. This was like, I don't want to be talked out of it. So I turned my phone off and threw it, threw my phone on the floorboard. So I went to the Santa Monica Pier, I parked at the very end, it, this is like around midnight, there was nobody there, no cars, just me at the very end. The plan, I wrote all my notes, wrote a note to my son, wrote a note to you know whoever, all my goodnight, bu- goodbye notes, had photos of my son and other things, stacked them all up, had them all ready for people to find it, um, sat there and just pounding in the Captain Morgan, pounding in the beer, lined up, uh, took all the pills out of the bag, lined them up, took the caps off. Um, the goal was to, as quickly as I could, just boom, 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 all seven of the bottles. And then I was gonna get out and walk along the beach till I fell over and died and birds pecked at me. That's <laughs> I where I guess wow. that was the plan, I'm not really sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I was sitting there drinking, numbing, getting as drunk as possible, getting enough alcohol in me as I could that I would mix you know, with the pills. Um, and finally got to the point where I was ready and I looked down and I grabbed, like again, just darkness, ocean, me, my car, that was it. Looked down, grabbed the first bottle of pills and all of a sudden there was, I heard all this noise and I looked up, so maybe uh, two seconds since I had looked up, looked down, looked up, there was four Hispanic guys right dead center in front of my car beating the crap out of each other in a full brawl. Oh, shit. Like they weren't there. And then they were there, and they were in the middle of a brawl as if they had been there f- getting into it for a while, right. but they hadn't. And so I'm looking around like, where did, they, where, <laughs> where did these people <laughs> come fuck from? Where did they what come the- from? And right <laughs> here, like, you don't see me? Like, you couldn't go fight over there? So I was really confused. and I got mad. I was like, God damn it. Gosh damn it. Excuse me. Uh, I a curse. Like, it's, okay. it's, yeah, it's, a, it's, we don't fucking care. Yeah. Okay. You can guess. So, yeah, at the time, god damn it, now I have to move. Like you're disrupting me. I have to go find somewhere else to kill myself. So I put the bottle down and I picked up the keys to put in the ignition and two gunshots went off. And I look up and three of them take off running and one drops. And I'm sitting there in my car with all these pills to kill myself and now there's a guy shot in front of my car. And I'm like,
3: Fuck. <laughs> it's not your turn, buddy. Yeah.
2: And I'm like, why not me? Like, in the moment, I was like, why didn't you shoot me? You know? I want to die. I don't think he does. Yeah. And that was where I was in my head. I was mm-hmm. actually kind of mad about the whole thing. But me being a nice person, <laughs> it's like, now I have to save him. Because I can't just sit there and let him die. Yeah. Which is so ironic and weird and yeah. morbid. And so. I was like, oh, you know, <laughs> open up the car door. I kind of go like this, I'm like looking out, you know. And he's on the ground, and he had a white t-shirt on. Blood was cut; it was he was shot in his stomach, so I could see the blood coming through. And he's like, ah, you know, groaning. So yeah, I get it, that this is like my last m- memories of that night, um, or the of that particular time. And then I I walked over and. He's like, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die. And I kneeled down and I put my hand on his stomach where he's bleeding and I just started rubbing his forehead and i my like, Here I go again, I'm gonna cry. Um, and I just said, I think I just said you're gonna be okay or you're gonna live or something and I just blacked out. Wow. And the next thing I know, <laughs> I come to and I'm leaned up against my car. There's helicopters, ambulance, cops, flashlights shining in my eyes in my car and I hear, um, oh, the guy, they're working on the guy. And I remember trying to go to him and they were whoa, whoa, whoa. And the cops pushed me back. Apparently when they got to the scene, the way they got to the scene, by the way, um, in the distance, the pier, excuse me, my nose was ringing a bit. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm <laughs> like, come on. Um, In the distance, the, the Santa Monica pier, uh, some late workers up there heard the gunshots and made a call. I was, was just so,
3: gonna say who made the call. Yeah, to call, yeah somebody yeah, up, yeah. Some, one
2: of the restaurant workers or mm-hmm. whatever. And so apparently, when they got there, they thought it was a domestic violence thing. Oh wow! They thought I tried to kill him, and and then
3: understandably so. Right. I mean, it's just you two, it's and you're yeah. 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 And where's the
1: gun,
2: lady? I, right, and so that's why they were searching my car. And when they were searching my car, they found my notes, and the pills, mm-hmm. and the booze. And so, literally, in the moment, I hear a police. Uh, there's two police officers on the radios, and one says. We have an attempted homicide, attempted suicide, non-related. I'll never get those out of my head because yeah. what are the odds? And then the other one is, ma'am, we think we 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 think we found your daughter um, because they had apparently went and broke down my, hey, knocking down doors. They <laughs> had apparently went and broke my door down in my apartment searching for me. My mom called hysterical saying that she thinks her daughter was trying to hurt herself. So they were trying to find me. So they had searching all over Santa Monica trying to find me while I'm over there trying to kill myself while some random guy gets shot. And so from there, um, they take me to, first they take me to the hospital to pump my stomach. I'm like, you don't have to, because I didn't even get a pill in. (laughs) (laughs) But they had to take me there and do the whole thing. Um, And they had guards at my door and all this kind of stuff. And then from there, they took me to the police station because they wanted me to do a lineup and i was like look i was not in my right mind clearly i'm like i do not want to send anybody to prison for attempted murder like you know yeah. i don't i don't know and so they were like well just look because you you know you'd be surprised what the mind will remember or whatever mm-hmm. but i just i was adamant i was like i'll i will look but don't send anyone to prison on on you know my word right now yeah. cuz i have no idea um so from there they sent me to uh you know, mental ward for the, the, is it, is it at 5150?
1: 5150. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you're yeah. harmed to yourself. Himself, yeah. Or else Interestingly that, yeah. enough. I know. We'll give you a Knocking copy of. Knocking down doors, you know,
2: 5150. We'll yeah.
1: give you a copy of Carlos's book. And in there, it, he talks about how 5150, you know, cause he had lost his mind. He was gacked. He was oh. high as a kite off of Coke okay. and running around, oh, they, wow. they, you know, so he got the 5150 I, himself. Yeah, yeah.
2: I know that. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I had a had a 72 hour mandatory hold. Um, but I was told that he survived and they wow. said that I was an angel and that I saved his life because I was held, you know held his stomach until
3: or vice versa because he I, saved yours. And
2: I, that's what I said. I'm mm. like, I am not the angel. i said he was the one that just dropped down in front of my car when I was trying to kill myself. Mm-hmm. I said if, if, if he hadn't been there and got shot, I would not be here. And if I hadn't been there trying to kill myself, then he wouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I always wanted to find him but and you know, I haven't. Yeah.
3: So backing up when you did the lineup did, did anybody look familiar?
2: <laughs> you know I think there was a a guy in a pla- a red plaid shirt, but I remember saying, Well, he's in red. So yeah. of course red is gonna <laughs> trigger Yeah. You know. So I think I might have said maybe, but yeah. I was like, don't don't put any credit on, on this. Sure, yeah. You know, one
1: of the, one of the things you said that was really interesting to me, mm-hmm. Shanda, was, um, you made reference to your childhood and, and perfectionism. Mm. What, what, I,
2: I, how do I look? I, I, no, yeah. <laughs> You look Gorgeous. Is my posture okay? Of Is Do I have height in now, my hair?
1: Now, I'm like picturing, like, you know, the mom or the parents that ran you through the, uh, pageants or whatever else. What, 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 Tell me about that perfectionism. Where what Yeah, what no was no it?
2: no pageants. Um I guess not not pageants in the sense of going to a pageant, but pageant in the sense of every day, you know, how we look to the public was a was a pageant. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um and I you know, I don't wanna I don't wanna speak too terribly about my family and my mother because I can go on and on about it and it's one of my forgiveness points. Sure. Um, because people are people and they only can do as far as what they know and the level of growth and and awareness that they've gotten to. And that's part of my healing right now is I finally got to that point um, where you stop all the blaming because you realize that, you know, they can only give what they, what they have to give. So, Mm -hmm. but, but it doesn't take away from what my experience was either. So not to talk bad, but just, this was my experience. Um, uh, Gosh, there was a lot, there was a lot of, a lot of childhood trauma, a lot of domestic violence, a lot of, just a lot. Um, but in all of that, my mother's beautiful woman, gorgeous woman, and her, I'm like how do I say this the nicest way? Her identity, and I think this stems from her own childhood, sure. and her her mother was like a Marilyn Monroe um always perfectly dressed and nails and hair and and that's what a woman's place was Mm -hmm. um that was your honor that was you you know your worth was how you looked how you carried yourself and just fed right off into my my mom i think actually was in pageants and modeling so i guess that would make sense but yeah she passed it right down onto us her daughters that um it was just always how you looked Mm -hmm. you know being being pretty and having your hair and your nails and your makeup, um, the house spotless. Don't, you know, our house didn't look lived in. God forbid we left you know <laughs> a shoe. Like we'd take our shoe off and grab a drink of water and go back to get our shoes and they're gone. Boom. You know, mom's already put them away. Mm-hmm, right. Um, so just a lot of, a lot of pressure to always be perfect. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, you mentioned, uh, domestic abuse too. Was that just towards your mom or was it because you have siblings is it all Mm. girls all girls now was that towards you and your sisters as well
2: I will say it was because we were witness to it we were in the home sure so we were definitely affected by it um there yeah yeah we yeah I mean I see I'm already I'm still already protecting right um yeah we were there was a lot of belt you know, being whipped with the right. belt, and uh, my dad had a had a real bad alcohol problem. So, um, lots of getting yelled at and, and name called jokingly in his odd sense of humor. Sure. Um, but again, part of my healing is realizing that's all part of the trauma, but a lot towards my towards our mother, and mm. a lot with them. So, a lot of being. Um, closed into our bedrooms while they were, you know, Dad's fists were going through the walls and furniture was being thrown. And hmm. I'm gonna fucking kill you, you stupid fucking bitch. And we're just these little girls. And so behind a closed door, hearing yeah. that, I'm like, my mommy's gonna die. Yeah. yeah. Um. So there was a, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of that. Um. A a big part of my childhood that really. Um, has followed me my whole life is in the terms of all the sexual abuse was I was molested by my grandfather.
1: Oh God.
2: Starting at the age of two, so that's a big, that's a big part of the childhood trauma that. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a wh- co- when you when you talk about trauma as a child, the, the <clears throat> complex trauma is when you have one thing compounded on another thing compounded on another thing, and that's and that's my experience. So there was all the domestic violence in the home, um, and then there was the. The child, you know, being molested by a grandfather, um, and then a lot of moves. We moved a ton, and nothing to do with being in army. Just, just domestic. You right. Know, just being domestic.
3: Was grandfather uh, alcoholic addict as well, or?
2: So th- he was my step grandfather, but he was the only grandfather I knew. Right. Um. So I was born. My my parents were originally from L.A. Then mm-hmm. they then they moved to Idaho. <coughs> That's where us three girls um, were born in Idaho. But then from Idaho. We moved to Backwoods, Alabama.
0: <laughs>
2: and that's where a lot of that. Roll Tide. And that's, you know, we're talking, you know, I was born in, well, I'm going to give my age away. I shouldn't do that as an actress, but I was born in 78. So we're talking Me late too. 70s, early 80s, Backwoods, Alabama. Yeah. You know, you got some stuff going on back there. Mm. Right. Um, he he was a, and this is the first time I'm actually publicly like saying who did this to me, by the way. So it's kind of a big Thank deal. Thank you for the yeah. vulnerability. I'm just, yeah, it's time. I need to tell my story. I've already, you know, protecting my family and I'll, you know, but um, anyways, it's time. Cause I can't connect with others and help others if I don't, you know, True. tell my own. Um, so my mom said when her and my dad started dating, she was really young and, and th- you know, trauma goes back. Her mom committed suicide. When my mom was 16. So when you talk about like generational Generational, trauma, you know, and then I'm the one that ends up being, you know, having suicidal tendencies, it it, it does get passed down. Um, And that's where my mom had her own issues. And then, you know, like I said, going back to she could only do what she could do as far as she knew. So um, anyway, so what they started dating when she was 16, um, right around the time her mom killed herself. So she was very dependent on my father. She comes from a family of six children. Um, she was second to the youngest. And, um, and so she kinda had to take over the whole, you know, plain mom role. And so right out of high school, soon as she turned 18, married my dad and had us girls. But um, she says she remembers when she would stay the night with my dad. And she told me this years and years and years later after all this came out that we were molested that my grandfather, she would wake up in the middle of the night and he would be standing over her, like watching her. Mm -hmm. So, And that there was other times I guess he would speak to the plugs in the wall, um, like aliens talk to him through the plugs. So he had some stuff going on up there. Oh, yeah, for sure.
3: So if you don't mind my asking – you said that it started when you were two. Mm-hmm. That I mean, obviously you couldn't remember when you were two. Like, so was somebody yeah. informed you of that? No.
2: Um. As I grew up, I had, uh, I I'll just put it out there, I was I was weird. <laughs> I hey, was, welcome to the I club. Was fucking weird. Welcome to the
3: fucking club was, all there. actors and actresses are right. <laughs> yeah. I,
2: I was I was a weird kid. I did weird shit with my dolls. Um, stuff I was ashamed of forever and ever again. I'm finally able to talk about it, but yeah. you know, I'd hide in my closet and have my dolls do sexual s- things with each other. Um, I think I was... I don't think that's weird. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> Thank not weird. You! Yeah. you! <laughs> uh, uh,
1: no. I, hey, I mean, I same. Everyone's <laughs> curious. G, G, yeah. I, I had the big G.I. Joe aircraft carrier, and I'll tell you, an orgy of G.I. Joe's happened on the aircraft okay. carrier, so... Right, since we're being honest here, I guess I'll say it
3: too. I had... I was obsessed with the Spice Girls when I was younger, because I was very attracted to them posh in particular i thought they were very so what did
1: you have like a reverse gangbang with the dolls no like i had i remember one year for my birthday <laughs> like, my dad
3: got me these dolls that were the spice girls and i remember thinking in my head okay this has gone too far <laughs> you know <what> <laughs> like, i don't need these dolls but anyway so that's where i was going out with the doll thing but as you were
2: <laughs> yeah, no, i'm glad i'm not the only but yeah no i oh, suffered
1: like, early Childhood sexual trauma. So you
2: know, I know that familiar. there's I know that there's like kids being curious about sexuality, sure. and then there's like knowing more than you should know. So another incident that had happened, I think I was like six or seven. So just real quick, um, we were in Alabama, and then thankfully my mother forced my dad. Well, I don't know, force whatever you want to call it, talked him into. There was no forcing my dad to do <sighs> anything. Talked him into coming back to California. So. The um, so between the ages of like two and and six was um, when all that was happening, and thankfully we got out of it um, around the time I was six. So when we moved, but that's when all this stuff started kind of popping up. So I don't know, six, seven years old, I was playing with um, a, a a kid across the street. He had a one of those like wooden round old fashioned hot tubs, mm-hmm. and. I don't know how I would know this, but somehow I knew that if I went under the water and put my mouth on him, that it would pleasure him. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so I and why did I want to please him? I don't know. Right. Um. What made me even think that he needed to be pleased? But this started that whole always having to please men in a sexual way, which you know followed me my whole life. So, um. But that's what I did. And my sisters were uh, peeking over the fence and saw so they go you know take off running we're going to tell on you we saw you ew gross so all you know it yeah. just these these were the very beginning of shame and guilt mm-hmm. and hiding and
1: Support for knocking doors down is brought to you by Manscaped. Who's the best in men's below the waist grooming? Manscaped, they offer precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Hey Mikey, you ever like cut your face when you're shaving and then you gotta do the little like pin thing or put the tissues on it? Oh yeah, little piece of toilet paper there. Wouldn't you wanna avoid that for your Johnson? Cause we don't wanna have any cuts, nicks, scratches or scrapes. Well, that's happened before and let me tell you, it's the fucking worst. (laughs) There is nothing worse. But uh, it would be even worse to have that tissue on your sack if you nicked yourself. That's right, you wanna impress that significant other and be all groomed and trimmed and ready to go whenever hibbity-dibbity starts. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. That's right. And check it out. If you're listening to me speak
3: right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself, all right? Let's get that bush to tush clean. Rooter to the tutor. Get 20% off, free shipping, with the code KDD at
1: manscaped.com. Make your testes their besties. That's right. And when I tell you it is premium, I mean premium. The battery lasts up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave. Waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. Plus... It's got an LED light. How cool is that? Which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. Well, they've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. So that ain't half bad, Jason. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code KDD at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com, and use code KDD. Your balls will thank you.
2: Um, another incident. Um. I would I don't know why gross weird but I would my sisters would go to the bathroom and I would like want to take a pick and pick you know like a comb pick and and pick them in their private parts or what. like just weird stuff that I would do um there was another time I was uh, on a playground I would think I was maybe kindergarten first grade and instead of playing with my friends for some reason I had the jolly idea to go over to where the main street and cars were passing by and expose myself to, to them. Yeah. I, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. So all these things were happening and then I had a terrible, terrible, it's still something I struggle with to this day, um, paralyzing fear of the dark um, to where I literally freeze and can't move and I have this overwhelming sense that something's gr- gonna get me from behind. Yeah. Um, So lots of things like that. Then I started to have um, bladder infections from third grade, severe bladder infections. And apparently it was because I was holding my pee and I was too afraid to get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. So I would hold it and so it was mm. causing me to have these really terrible bladder infections. Um, I was so ashamed I thought something was wrong with Bladder infections at that young age I right. was so ashamed of that I felt like something was wrong with me mm-hmm. That I didn't tell my mom for, for I don't, maybe a good six months Maybe, I don't I suffered for oh so long Because I was ashamed To say that I was ha- having this pain down there yeah. And when it And I would s- I remember sitting in class Trying to learn And I couldn't even focus Because I was burning And yeah. you know suffering um and so then i'm getting in trouble with teachers because i wasn't you doing what i was supposed to so again it was like things that were happening to me but because of what happened to me that i'm getting in trouble and i'm getting you know shamed so it was just this vicious cycle um but not knowing why these things were happening to me so this you know stuff like this just kept going on once i started hitting teenage years then all the um you know and i'm skipping over a lot but my mom and dad divorced and she got remarried She had my half-sister. She married a complete opposite of my dad. My dad Hmm. was this, you know, motorcycle-riding, drinking, cursing, smoking, you know, guy to this Christian, straight and narrow, quiet, had a little bit of money in the bank. So all of a sudden, our life went from all this crazy domestic, you know, violence to this perfect world, but we were all like me and my two older sisters like the product of the not so perfect world yeah. mm-hmm. and nothing was ever dealt with nothing yep. was ever talked about and As, so
1: especially because we came from you know you and i being the same age came mm-hmm. from a generation and it's again yeah. i love my parents they're amazing but they came it was a generation that was very emotionally immature
2: you don't talk about any of it no. You just shove it under the rug yeah. and behave and shut yeah yeah yeah, so um, when I got to, so so she moved us into this like perfect world, had my little sister, and it was kinda like as long as you don't make any ruckus, as long as you don't disrupt my new perfect life, then basically just do what, do what you're gonna do. Um, so as a teenager, it started s- sex, drugs, partying, never wanting to be home, yeah. um, suicidal tendencies, cutting myself, you know, all that kind of stuff. And what ended up happening was to answer this little the, the long way around your question. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What ended up happening was um, my mom finally, after you know constantly getting in trouble, um, coming home drunk, you know getting caught smoking weed, all that kind of stuff, um, not you know ditching school, finally was like, "What <laughs> is wrong with you? Why are you not like your older sisters?" And I told her, I think something happened to me when yeah. I was a little girl, and she flat out, no. Nothing happened to you. I never left you with anyone that would ever do anything. Um, Basically, again, it was like, be perfect, get your shit together, don't talk about that stuff, you know, Um, and so it was another couple years later that things were getting really bad and my mom sat down with my older sister who had like gone off to college and came back and was, um, sat down and said, Shanda keeps saying that something happened to her and I just you know don't know what's wrong with her. Um, I ended up getting pregnant. My mom forced me to have an abortion. Mm-hmm. So it was just lots of bad stuff was, yeah. And uh, my sister finally said to my mom, yes, that something had happened to us, that she remembered everything.
3: How old was your sister?
2: So she's the oldest. Um, and she's four years older than me and then we have one that's two years so there there's i'm i was the youngest and then i have my middle sister um who's two years we're all two we're literally two years two months apart all (laughs) born on the last day of the month so april 30th june 30th august 31st yeah um my middle sister does not remember anything she doesn't claim anything that's fine that's that's her deal um so yeah so my older sister finally told my mom and i'll never forget um, and my sister said that she thought she had protected us, so she didn't think anything had happened mm-hmm. to, you know. So she that was a burden she carried, and I don't want to talk too much more because that's Sh- her story. Sure, but, yeah. But anyway, for the sake of that's how it all came out. So I'll never forget the day that I came home. Uh, my mom was just in tears sitting on the couch, and I walked in the door, and she said you were right. And she was like, I'm so sorry I didn't believe you. Uh-huh. And I just remember looking at her saying something like, I think I said something like, so I'm not weird anymore, and I just walked to my room and and shut the door. Wow. Uh, yeah, well. yeah. Whew, I know uh, it's a lot. <laughs>
1: within all this, so of course, um, you know those listening or watching on the YouTube channel, uh, Shanda, an actress. How did uh, how did the arts come <laughs> about for you? <laughs> right how did that because i'm like within all this all it just sounded like chaos i know you know i'm not hearing well and i was also doing stage plays and it, yeah yeah it's like so uh,
2: my yeah my road to screen is i i mean i would say it wasn't supposed to happen but obviously it was because sure. i got there but not with that life not from <laughs> idaho to alabama and the little town of shandon and all that mm-hmm. s- stuff but um I so I barely made it through my my high school teenage years, but I did. And I met my son's dad. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a senior. He was two years older than me. He had already graduated. And we were partying, you know, we were doing the whole thing. Um, right out of high school, um, I think it was maybe four months after I graduated, I got pregnant. So I was barely eighteen and got pregnant and his whole family um, has been in the film industry for like four, I think my son now makes the fourth or the fifth generation. Um, they're, yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, so great grandfather, grandfather, yeah. uncles, brothers, and so um, so my, my, he wasn't my husband yet at the time, um, but I was, so my boyfriend, father of my son at the time, he got the door open to come down um, to start working as a grip in the film industry. I had no idea about the film industry whatsoever. (laughs) I never took acting classes. I, you know, didn't do the like you said. I didn't do the pageants. I didn't. I didn't do any of that stuff. Um, I will say. Because my mom does remind me. She goes, yeah, but you were always putting on a show, Shanda. You were always banging on the piano, dressing up. As soon as sure. we got a camcorder in the house, you were always walking around making little mm-hmm. movies. Mm-hmm. So I guess I always had that in there. But I didn't know what any of that was as far in terms of like an industry. Sure. So when I moved down to L.A. pregnant, 18 years old, um, and uh, my, my son's dad, he was working on Batman, that big the, the big Batman movie. The Michael
1: Keaton one, Tim Burton? I th- uh, Michael
3: Keaton's the Batman I know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> in 2000, this was in, this was in 19, oh gosh, I don't even know, 1997 or eight. That was
1: the Michael Keaton was one. Was that the Michael Keaton Um, Gosh, I can't remember. I want. I, 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 I It's so. like that, or it was Val Kilmer or Clooney or one of them, because, the, it you might
2: know. have been Clooney. But anyway, yeah, it doesn't matter. And but it his, was Batman, yeah. which is awesome. And his so a big you know big productions. Um, and his brother was the camera assistant, camera guts cameraman on ER with Clooney. So, oh, um, so within that, so you know, pregnant, having the having my son, going to, to all these sets to visit the family. Um, and my son's dad bringing the baby, whatnot. Every time I would go, people would come up to me or come up to my i don't what do i call him my ex my son's dad i don't want to sure call him by baby his, daddy baby daddy <laughs> i was like i don't want to call him by his name yeah what i what i call him that guy the, um, the fella the fella um people would come up to to me and him and they say oh is your is your wife a, we did eventually get married um is your wife a model is she an actress and i remember going home being like why do people keep asking if i'm an actress or a model and i'm like could i be and yeah. he's like, well, yeah, anybody could be if they try. I literally thought actors were, like, born underground, like, specially bright <laughs> people. I did. And I thought things were filmed in chronological order.
1: Oh, sure. I, you
2: know, I had no concept of that. And I was like, really? Wow. Like, that was the most amazing thing to me ever, that I could actually be an actress or a model. Like, what? Um, and so I t- started taking some acting classes just to see. And it, I just... The moment that I got into that class and had my first scene and I was on camera, it was like everything about me made sense. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, a life of so much emotion that I had to keep bottled up inside of me had a way to come out. Yeah. And so whatever scene it was that I was doing, whether I had to cry, whether I was a mom, whether I was you know, a daughter, whatever the scene was, I had something to pull from because I had already been through so much. And this is back then, I'm like, I didn't, And I still had everything that happened after that. But, um, yeah, so that was kind of what introduced me to the the film industry. Um, And I can keep going if you want to know how I actually got to my first (laughs) first
1: role. How did you get the first role? Uh,
2: So uh, this is what I was telling you. It's like there's all this chaos that's happening but then within all the chaos, there's like these beautiful moments. Sure. So it's why it's hard for me to tell my story because it's like, wow, it sounds like that's a really good thing. I'm like, yeah, well, why that really good thing happened? There was also all this really bad stuff happening. Right. And yeah. that's kind yeah. of the the <clears throat> That's kind of the message of my mess, really, is that there's all there was there's always been this ribbon of hope. And I think that's really what's kept me around through some of the the stuff that that happened. Um because for every bad thing that happened, something equally amazing would happen. Yeah. And it would be like, right when I would get to that point, it was like, I'm done, boom, something really fantastic. Like, oh, okay, well that was really cool, so maybe I'll stick around a little bit, see mm-hmm. where this goes. Yeah. So um, so with that, um, my unfortunately, so when my son was born and we came down to LA and, my, and the, the guy, the fella, uh, started working in the industry, <laughs> making really good money, we bought a house, we were good for a minute. And yeah. I was good for a minute with all my childhood and stuff. I became a mom, and that was all I ever wanted to do. Yeah. I when growing up, when people would say, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" I want to be a mommy. Um, that's all I thought there could be. I, you know, I was like college or mommy. So, mm-hmm. right. mommy. Um, and I wanted a boy, and I got my boy. <laughs> and um, so things were good for a minute, and then unfortunately, I'm sure you guys know the the rumors with the film industry especially with grips and key grips, especially back then, they didn't have as strict uh, now they're better as far as drug use and, and alcoholism and all of that but back then not so much it was more encouraged. So he you know he's on set for 15 hours a day you know he's gone before we wake up and he's home after his family goes to bed mm-hmm. yeah. and um, unbeknownst to me, he was getting involved with with meth again. And so much so that he started becoming a total lunatic and started abusing me really terribly bad. And so it was like reliving my childhood. Yeah. But again, like textbook, right? Mm-hmm. You yep. end up marrying your what, yeah. what you grew up. Right. Yeah. So the verbal abuse, the threats, the you know, just all the insanity, um, the sex you know, being forced to have sex when I didn't want to have sex, um, all that kicked in. And times that I was trying to leave, he'd pull spark plugs out of the car, um, cutting out my clothes. I mean, all, oh, shit. all kinds of insanity went down. And um, really bad to where I would have to like lock me and my son into a room. Cops were called, you know, I'm just kind of skimming over some yeah. of this stuff. But it got to the point where I needed to leave. Because I was sitting there like, I all I ever wanted was to give my son a childhood that I didn't have. And here I, it's like he's living my childhood. He's yeah. seeing mommy and daddy screaming, yelling, fighting, daddy threatening to kill mommy. This is like, you know, that's yeah. me. Loop. There's, yeah. So, but how do I leave? Because I was pregnant right out of high school. I had no, no job, no college. You know, I have this lifestyle, I have a house, I have a nice car, I have nice stuff for my son. And I have no way to, provide that for him leaving. So um, I tried though, I tried. I filed for divorce, got the the fella out for a minute, put the house up for sale and i went to get a job at a fancy restaurant thinking <laughs> if i'm a hostess at a fancy restaurant i'll make more money um and so that's what i did trying you know it turned out i was getting paid ten dollars an hour and my child care was ten dollars an hour so that, you know that sounds didn't,
1: very familiar that didn't
2: last long but i was trying nonetheless mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and while i was working at that fancy restaurant gary marshall the late gary marshall will be damned. was a regular And he, I guess you could say, discovered me. And so while I'm at home dealing with being called a cunt, bitch, whore, slut, I'm going to kill you, I'm you know, having someone like Gary Marshall come up to me and say, are you an actress? Again, you Isn't know. Isn't that Hollywood?
3: <laughs> getting discovered right. at
1: restaurants and shit. Right? <laughs> That's so Hollywood. Yeah, it's like when we had Carmen Electra on, Chanda, she was like,
2: yeah, no, I,
1: I I, had just enough money to go to LA and I was there a couple days and I was dancing at a club. It's like, you were fucking just dancing with you and your girlfriends? Yeah. Bullshit. Kind of how it started. I was walking
3: up and down streets in LA for almost a year trying to get discovered. Nobody I, saw I, me. I,
2: <laughs> do, I do have to say that Pretty Girls in L.A. tend to get discovered a little bit easier than yeah. than yeah. guys, and I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not to, like that discovered. anymore. Everything has changed, but this yeah. is, yeah. you know, this is, this is back before social media and everybody right. had to be their own advocate mm-hmm. and, you know, now we have to do everything ourselves. Yeah. But, but again, that was my ribbon of hope Yeah, at that time. Sure. So I'll never forget, Gary said to me, um, he said some oh how did he put it you're so, you you're something about being so young and so pretty but i have so much sadness in my eyes mm. and deep yeah yeah and um cuz cause he cause he asked me he called me over to his table in the corner and he said are you an actress and i said no but i'd like to be and and he said his whatever he said about something um being young this and that but so much sadness in my eyes and i looked at him and i said um, something about what i was yeah i'm going through a lot or whatever and he said what did your boyfriend break up with you (laughs) and i'm like oh (laughs) i wish that was my i wish that was what i was going through oh
1: mr marshall if it was only that simple If it was
2: only that simple and i said something along those lines like that like yeah no um and i mean because i was young Mm -hmm. i was like young 20s and i already had this you know four-year-old boy at home and I had already been through all of that that I just told you guys about and now I'm trying to get away from a a meth addict abusive crazy psycho and at the time um he is sober today I will give him props for that but he put me through 17 years of hell before that happened um which continues this story (laughs) but um but yeah so um so I think when I finally did tell Gary a little bit more of, no, so much more than just breaking a nail or or a boyfriend breaking up with me, yeah. um, he said, I can't promise to save your world, but I can give you the break I think you deserve.
1: I'll be damned, that's awesome. And
2: so when they went to cast for Raising Helen, with yeah. um, Kate Hudson and Helen Murren, they brought me in to audition. And I got cast the, the, the role of Mary, the intern. And my very first on-camera speaking experience ever was in a Disney movie directed by Gary Marshall, speaking with Helen Mirren. Uh,
1: <laughs> fuck.
2: Like what? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like how does that even happen? Right. right.
1: Yeah. You know the odd thing though, uh, Shanda is like, I can relate to so much of the 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 crazy shit. That really happen because it really is your childhood and, and the relationship Yeah, that that seems normal to me but the the, the gary marshall thing now that's the mind-blowing thing yeah. you know but it, which is kind of the fucked up part because it's like no that's a cool life opportunity the other stuff is the you know the craziness that occurred it's just
2: right right
1: but it's your it was your norm and a norm for it, so many
2: yeah 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 so that was um that that was a, a, a high for a minute, yeah. and it carried me through. But unfortunately, the um, yeah, unfortunately, he. I ended up in uh, Princess Diaries 2, so that was my second film um, with Anne Hathaway. Yeah, and um and it really th- those two experiences really uh I got bit by the the bug sure, you know, yeah. the, the industry bug, um <clears throat> and which is why I'm still pursuing it all these years you know all these years later to this day, um but unfortunately what normally probably would have launched someone's career with those kinds of credits yeah. because of everything i was going through with raising my son as a single mom um and my and my ex would not leave me alone um he was literally obsessed um and i i i basically was like on the run from him for you know years and years and years and years and uh, i mean I could sit here for hours telling you guys all the insanity, but, you know, stripping at strip clubs and getting into soft porn and uh, just dating rich men for money. And, Uh you know, like I said... um, duis ending up in linwood prison because i had that 5150 so when i got a second dui they had to process me through the entire system and i actually oh, ended up in prison In linwood that's a whole hilarious story um which i don't even know if we have time for all of that but
1: uh, well go for it, it yeah okay. absolutely <laughs> let's, yeah, like, give, yeah. let's give them a little bit of humor I know. To can laugh. We,
2: yeah can we get can we lighten the load here a little bit <laughs> yeah. so that's actually a hilarious story um <laughs> I went, I, I drove myself to the court to go, okay, I'm gonna own up to this. I'm gonna go to court, I'm gonna get my sins I'm gonna do my two days in, in the county jail. So I drive my car to the courthouse, I walk in, and the next thing you know, they're putting me on a bus with shackles and chains.
3: Oh shit! And I'm
2: like, where am I going and why, and nobody would tell me anything. And so all of a sudden I'm on a bus, and I'm driving down through, you know, one city, one town, deeper, deeper, deeper into LA, and I'm shackled, and, um, and I've got these, I got this girl behind me, full on, you know, I don't even know what the proper term is. How do you even say that these days? I don't know, I don't wanna yeah. get in trouble. But anyway, um, I'm not gonna say it cause I don't wanna get, get yelled at. But um, she's like, I'm gonna get you. Cause oh, I, I had bleach blonde hair at the time yeah. and I had double D <clears throat> boobs at the time. <laughs> um, and I was size like zero, so I looked like a Barbie at the you know at that mm. time. And it worked for the strip clubs. <laughs> 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 I made I made it work for me, you know. Sure. You do what you gotta do. Uh, so she's literally like, I'm gonna get you Snowflake. She's calling me Snowflake, she's calling me Paris, she's calling me Barbie. And I'm literally like, No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. I don't even know what she's talking about. Next thing I know, we're in Linwood prison getting thrown into one of those huge cement rooms stripping down having them do checks body checks Coughing, and then, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. search, pulling yeah. if anybody has a tampon pull it out like i'm like what in god's like did i murder somebody i don't understand why i'm here i'm like this is a dui you think i like you know killed babies or something <laughs> um put it on the orange jump like shit. seriously put on the orange jumpsuit we're putting this like holding cell and that girls like literally like on me and they start like assigning rooms and bunks and it's like getting down less and less and it's like me and her and a couple other girls oh, and i'm shit. like oh god please do not put the oh, her. <laughs> uh, thank god they didn't they i think they were trying to scare me because they knew she had been at me like all day yeah. um but they finally bunked me with um a pregnant prostitute um
3: oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's just good that it wasn't the girl. I don't care who it was yeah. at that time. Right. Um, uh.
2: And at one point, I wa- I don't know nothing about prison. I've never been before. I didn't know you weren't supposed to do this, but I walked up to a prison guard and I tapped her on her shoulder. Oh, nope,
3: nope, nope. Oh, hands to yourself. Oh,
2: boy. I almost got my head chopped off don't you ever rush up on it. i was like i'm not rushing up on anybody i'm like i'm just trying to figure out why i'm here <laughs> so like, what, what ended up why did they process you into prison i was there for three days because it was a long holiday so i went in on a friday and i didn't get to be seen by the, the psychologist. psychologist until yeah. the tuesday morning and uh,
3: i was thinking it was like a, oh wait you're What's your name? Oh, sorry, wrong person. I uh, yeah. I was waiting for that. <laughs> oh, we we're
1: No, it was supposed to be a Sandra.
3: Oh.
2: Right. And with my luck it would have been something as stupid as that. So you didn't but, kill three
3: people? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, exactly. the wrong person. Exactly.
2: Um ends up that because I had that 5150 mm-hmm. that they they had to process me through the whole entire federal prison because in count, something to do with like county if, I, if they would have released me and I would have hurt myself, then they would have been held liable. Right. right. So what's funny about this, not funny, but hilarious, is when they finally, I get to finally see the psychologist, it was two minutes of, are you going to kill yourself when we release you? No, okay, you're released, thanks. So I just did three days. But I will say the three days in there, I was able to, um, I guess, at the, I was really religious at the time, witness to all of these, prostitutes especially the one that i was that i was bunked with mm-hmm. she was bruised you know beaten by her pimp Jeez. pregnant with his baby Ugh. didn't know how to get away from him um i was able to sit there and tell her everything i had just gotten through with being <laughs> abused by my husband and raising my child and the things that i was doing at the time to you know <laughs> getting DUIs and stripping woo! <laughs> yeah. but if anything, it was the <clears throat> mental attitude behind it because I had sure. kept a really great attitude while I was in there. You know, I was like, "Well, this is what I'm doing now. Okay, this is part of my story." So, um, whatever whatever it was worth, whatever I could give her and some of these other girls that were in there, what I was going through compared to what they were going through was, you know, not comparable. So that so that was a good experience. Um, when I left, including the girl that was going to get me, they all clapped for me as I was walking. You know, he had to walk the yellow line to get out. So
3: through. she wasn't bitter that she didn't get you.
2: She finally (laughs) eased up.
3: Oh, She she was like,
2: bye, bitch, I'll see (laughs) you on the street. No, she was like, bye, bitch, but it was more of like a, you know, all right.
3: Bye, bitch. It was more of like that. You want
2: to know how I got her? I gave her all my bologna sandwiches. Uh. Mm. Because I was a size zero. I wasn't about to eat white bread and bologna.
3: I was gonna say you can't give up sandwiches though, in prison. I I was like, I'll
2: keep my apple and you can have my bologna sandwich and that shit worked. This is my cornbread, (laughs) you get your
3: own cornbread.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, it worked and I made friends and yeah. So, but here's the funny part. So, they're worried about I'm gonna kill myself. Well, do they put me back on the bus and drive me back out to Lancaster where my car is? No, they let me out right there in Compton. Bleach blonde, double D boobs. And I didn't have my cell phone and I didn't have anything because it was all out in Lancaster. They just put me out on the streets. And I'm like, oh, really? So you're really concerned I was going to kill me?" They're like, no, we don't care if you kill yourself, just not on our...
1: On our on watch. Our
2: watch. And yeah. there wasn't
1: any Ubers then. No. And there <laughs> no. And you probably were at that time in Compton. We're going to get a
3: fucking taxi either.
2: No, I didn't no, have no. I would money. imagine you
3: would have no problem getting a taxi, but the money. Thing, I
2: didn't yeah. have any money.
3: Blonde with double D. She'll she'll find a taxi. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: i so I'm get sa- a fucking
3: random car to stop. Hey.
2: <laughs> so I'm standing there on the street going, well, now what? Like, what do I do now? I'm going to walk eight thousand miles back out to Lancaster. All of a sudden, the hoopty cubs, <laughs> freaking <laughs> been, spinning wheels. The whole hey, snowflake, you need a ride?
1: Oh shit!
2: <laughs> it's that girl?
3: No. Oh gosh! Was another, I was gonna say, what the
2: fuck? It was another girl that was in there with me. They thank God though they released her and I pretty much around the same time. But she was one of the other girls that was in there that I was giving my sandwiches to, and I was and her boyfriend had come and pick her picked her up, and I was like, oh my god, yes. I'm like, I don't have any money, I don't know how, so they um, they took me to 7-Eleven, they got me something to drink, I can't remember what, it was. I think I got a beer actually. I was like, I need a beer. I'm in there for a DUI, <laughs> I'm like, I just need a beer. Um, pack of cigarettes, um, they gave me money, they took me to the train station, and I got a train, uh, the train only went to um, Santa Clarita. Mm. So that's as far as I got. And then I got to Santa Clarita, and I'm like, now what? And then somebody was like, oh, did you just get out of college? I'm like, no, I just got out of prison. (laughs) And they're like, yeah, And I was like, I need to get out to Lancaster. So some other person got me a bus ticket. Wow. So then I took a bus. um, So I got to the bus station in Lancaster, but then my car was still, you know, miles away at the courthouse. So there's somebody there. I'm like, I need a ride. So then they paid for a cab. So I got a cab to the courthouse and got my car, drove to my sister-in-law's house where I was staying at the time, She's not there. Nobody knew what happened to me. Everybody thought I was supposed to be gone for two days or a day and a half or whatever mm-hmm. in county jail.
0: Wow.
2: And so she wasn't even there. Her house is locked, and all of a sudden it dawns on me, she, her garage has a nice, has a fridge full of beer. So I literally went in there and I got like three beers and I just laid on her lawn and just sat there and drank. Tra- <laughs> <laughs> And stared at the sky, and I was like, how in the world did I just end up in prison for three days being called Snowflake? And here, anyway, trains, planes, and automobiles to get back to my car. Jeez.
3: Fucking crazy. I know. Can you not look at bologna sandwiches anymore?
2: (laughs) I actually (laughs) like bologna sandwiches.
1: (laughs) Now I'm all about that bologna sandwich. I actually like
2: bologna sandwiches, but I knew that that was the trick. If you're ever in prison, give away your sandwiches.
1: Yeah. So when was just a point that, that you felt that it was bottom for you in all these situations and you started to turn a corner because it sounds like you probably can continue the uh, the pattern within relationships that were abusive and so on and so forth that it was just like, fuck this, I know I'm for something more because you continued, you eventually got back to acting.
2: Yeah, so, so you know, the, the, the pattern did repeat and it, and it was just... Years and years um, of trying, you know, the the ex just was relentless, and all the court stuff with, you know, the, the child support. It was it was just a long, relentless situation. and And my podcast and my blog will go into, you know, all of that yeah. um, in depth for, you know, for single moms that need to hear that part of the the story. Um, but there was some, you know, there was some good stuff that started to happen. I I actually um, started taking photography classes. I was doing um, this brings in a whole other. Thing my my nerve damage and paralysis and all that stuff that happened, but oh. um I was doing photography I was doing interior design I got another film that came my way I was I went over to India and I filmed a movie li- literally lived in India for a month and nice. brought my son yeah um and co starred in a film over there um and so like so good things you know were were happening and I was getting my shit together and um, I actually was engaged to be married again um, so for you know a good years or so things things got better but then they got <laughs> worse again <laughs> they got worse again i went to have the double d's taken out and i and that surgery left me with chronic nerve damage it severed a nerve um, oh shit yeah so i had built everything up and then i lost everything again so it was kind of just like this yeah so i deal with chronic pain and all that to this day and that's a whole other long ass story but yeah. i know um and it just goes on and on but but what ended up to, to, to fast forward all the way to what brings me here today, um, I finally uh, got to the point where I had to sit there and look at my life and all of these situations and all of these build my life, lose my life, build my life, lose my life. What's causing this? And yes, it's the ex. Yes, it's the, the doctor that severed the nerve. Yes, it's the whatever. But at some point you have to say, what am I doing? Yeah. Um, or what am I not doing, I guess you could say, that is allowing these situations to co- to continuously manifest. And that's what really brought me to the point of examining my childhood um, and the trauma that I went through that I never really healed from any of that. I never like I, I couldn't even talk about it in depth like I am today. Mm-hmm. So how could I ever actually even heal from it? Um, and as you know, until you heal from things, it'll just continue to show up, yeah. but it'll show up in different ways. And yeah. so, whether it's relationships with men, whether it's career, money, you know, whatever the situation may be, and um, and instead of like relying on religion and praying, because I used to, I'm like, I'm praying, I prayed, I can't pray anymore, and all these different, you know, avenues of like everything was like outward and i finally realized like i need to go inside myself and figure out where the power is within me to yeah. to heal and to change this and to ch- and and to change the the real that's playing in my head constantly that you know all those voices back there that you know you're not good enough or the only way you're going to make it is with money or is with with a man or is with god or is what like whatever it is sure um and so And where are all the toxic relationships that I'm still allowing? Like, where's the energy that is in my life um, that is not good, it's toxic energy? And so I dove really deeply into, um, well, first of all, I I pretty much isolated, I cut everybody off, the family, friends, the whole shebang. And I just isolated um, myself, and I just dove really deep into energy work, trauma work, healing, examining myself, and and really came to terms with my, myself um, and, ha- and realizing that I'm allowing some of this stuff to, to come into my world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to say no, and it's hard to cut people off because I am a pee pleaser, and I'm always wanting to be you know, that perfect, yeah. don't, don't upset people. Um, but that's what it takes that's what it takes and it doesn't necessarily mean you have to become this like mean cold person it just means that you have to set boundaries for yourself for your yep. health and and not and not cross them and not let other people cross them
1: yeah yeah that was a diff that well that's one i'm still working at because i'm a yeah. people pleaser too yeah totally you know and i think it comes back to you know some similarities in life and uh, yeah boundaries are a motherfucker to learn when you didn't have them mm-hmm. let alone when you were violated especially at an early age it just it's like a mechanism in the brain that doesn't make any sense right you know so for people that that wonder about anyone that does struggle with boundaries and stuff it's you know it's just it's Part of that trauma, it's stuck yes. up there.
2: Yeah, yeah, and when you have trauma, it, everything is backwards, yep. and s- things that are healthy for you seem uncomfortable, and things that are unhealthy for you seem normal and mm-hmm. comfortable. And so it's literally rewiring your brain, retraining your brain to accept what is actually good for you and being and being. Being comfortable, being uncomfortable, until mm-hmm. that becomes normal. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh goodness. And it takes
2: time, you know, and it t- and and doing the I am affirmations was a big thing for me in the rewiring. Just and I still do it to this day. Sometimes I'll even go to sleep. I'll put like I'll have like a five hour long I am affirmation, and I'll mm-hmm. just put it in my head, and I'll just go to sleep. Just huh. just literally brainwashing myself that i am all you know i am happy i am healthy i am wealthy i am abundant i am free i am you know all these things um to just constantly combat all the other things in my head that constantly keep manifesting you know this this cycle because i'm i i made the choice i was like i'm done with this cycle i'm not doing this anymore yeah Yeah. i'm I'm old as fuck (laughs) (laughs) i'm tired i'm tired
1: i am too fucking old for this shit
2: and so I've, um, so a year ago, um, I sat down and I wrote these like s- super, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, ah, I can't think of the word. I wrote down these goals mm-hmm. and they were nowhere in sight. I was going to have a house. I was going to land a lead role in a film. I was going to have X amount of money. And it was nowhere in, in my grasp. But I was doing all these I.M.s. I was doing all this energy work. I cut out all that toxic energy, and I wrote down specific. That was what I was like specific goals. <laughs> I know such a big word to remember. And and I just put it there, and I just said that's going to happen, and there's no other choice. Yeah. And this is another part of healing is that oh, I'm going to do something, but then I just kind of let all this stuff just sort of happen to me. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole other thing. It's like you make a choice. There's no that that's it. There there is no room for anything to happen to you. You're you know. So one by one, to the date, to the T, like it they happen. I got my house. I I landed a lead role in a film. Then I got another f- role, another role in a film, and then now I'm doing the film I'm doing right now. I'm producing it and I'm the lead in it. And we've got some names getting attached yeah. to it. And so I'm just yeah. So right now I'm on a really good really good that's awesome yeah, yeah. thank you yeah. and well, my son's happy and healthy so uh, I love that. that's what yeah. I was going to ask and you how that was
1: going up. so yeah if people want to find out a little bit more about you um, uh, we'll put the uh in the description for those that are listening as well, the links, but uh, you know, Instagram, Facebook, mm-hmm. all that. How do they find you?
2: Yeah. So Instagram, Shanda Renee, double underscore. Somebody else has my name. Apparently there's, <laughs> apparently there's a lot of Shanda Renee, Shandas, Shanda Shanda Renee. That's just how
1: famous that. you
3: are. People <laughs> want to be you. You know what I mean? They're trying to sell your names. <laughs> damn uh, imposters. Fake accounts.
2: <laughs> I know. I'm like, please just give me my name. But yeah, Shanda <laughs> Renee, double underscore. Um, And then the, the blog, uh, blog podcast that I'm launching in 2021 is called goodbye trauma. And that um, entire platform is obviously towards people um, wanting to heal from trauma, telling mm-hmm. my story, and then wanting to help others with Love theirs. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, Awesome. Well, Mike, it's time for some rapid-fire questions. You're up first. Good, sir. Let's do it. What are some of your pet peeves?
2: I didn't know I was having rapid-fire mm-hmm. pet peeves. Uh, or rapid-fire <laughs> questions, pet peeves.
1: Rapid fire questions are her pet peeve.
2: I know, yeah, that's my pet. <laughs> you
1: you yeah. sons up bitches, you.
2: Uh, uh, oh my gosh, am I supposed to answer it like really fast? Yep. Yeah.
3: Next question. Okay. Okay. No, <laughs> no. Good. Pet, no, I guess my
2: biggest pet peeve is I just said this to somebody the other day, and what was my pet peeve? I think my biggest pet peeve is just um, is dishonesty, and um, I can sense when people are being dishonest, and that's just one of my biggest issues. Like, just be on it. Just I, nothing will phase me. Right. So just be honest so we can have an honest communication about it.
3: It's weird. I could sense that, too, with some people. I'll notice that, like, they'll talk to me and they'll tell me something and I'm just like, I don't believe a that, fucking word you're saying. Yeah.
2: And it's like, I would actually just rather know the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I, I, yeah.
3: It's crazy how that works. But, yeah, I get what you're talking
2: but about. But, I mean, as far as, like, if you're, you know, smacking or what, I don't, I, mm. I don't know. I don't. I'm a pretty forgiving person. I mean there's so much there's just not a lot that phases me. Yeah I, was I can't really
3: say.
2: i'm and I'm one of those if someone leaves the dishes, I'll just do it
3: sure so I don't, oh not... fuck that you leave the dishes out you put that shit away not me well uh. i
2: also just live by myself and keep everybody at their boundary safe distance yeah, so yeah, i only yeah. have my own dishes i can understand ask me that, that question if i ever get married again or
1: right yeah. have a visitor
2: have a visitor yeah right. in my isolated bubble Be like, yeah. you
1: know what he was right there's a dish out and that shit pisses that me off pisses me <laughs> off yeah uh if you could have dinner with just one person living or not who would it be and why so it Gosh. could be someone that's alive now or it already passed, but
2: Man, you guys are good at these. If I could have dinner with one person, my future self.
3: Mm. Huh. That's a new one.
1: Yeah. Why? So
2: she can so so she could say, You make it.
1: You, I love it. You
2: get there. You get my 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 two big goals is I want to win an Oscar and I want to star in a Christmas movie. <laughs> I
1: want to star in a Christmas movie. I want to be like an elf, (laughs) too, or something. If my future self
2: could say, you get that Christmas movie, Shanda.
1: I love it. That's awesome. I don't know if I'd want
3: to meet my future self yet. It could be awesome or it could be a bummer. (laughs) You
1: know what I mean? You're going to be-
3: future Mikey walks in, Ew. That's what I okay, look
1: like about, now. <laughs> You're gonna be gnarly at 70 because you got all the tattoos. And if I just had enough money, I'd be covered in tattoos as well. But how
2: about the past self that all those times she cried herself to sleep, being like,
1: like, oh, but yeah, okay, yeah.
2: wow. How about that person yeah. that I could say you do make it?
3: Yeah, that's yeah. sweet.
2: Okay, that's I love funny. it. Do you I like that answer, answer? I love too. it. <laughs> I know
3: all answers are good. There's no wrong answers. I was just meant for myself, but this is about yeah, you. Yeah, right? I, I apologize. Think I'll,
2: I think I'll yeah, I think I'll do the, the the past self because there was a lot of nights I'd like to go back. and be like you're gonna be
3: okay yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. okay um if they were
2: to make a movie
3: about you and your life who would you want to play you who would you cast as you
2: <laughs> myself <laughs>
1: right, i know that's what i figured uh, she's got the chops she doesn't need anyone uh, out, right? i
2: guess it would depend on the age obviously so sure. um um oh gosh i'm so bad with you'd think i'm not in the film industry because i'm so terrible with names Um, By the way, when I was working with Helen Murren, I had no idea who Helen Murren was. And oh, I'm, sure. At the I time, was so I, though, right? it was probably better, though, right? Because you weren't so like starstruck or nothing. much better. Same yeah. thing. Paris Hilton was on that. Said I didn't know who Paris Hilton. Was. I was smoking <laughs> a cigarette with her, and people. I thought she was an extra, yeah. like a background. <laughs> yeah. And people <laughs> were like, you know, Paris. I'm like, who's Paris? The fuck is and Paris? then I had to yeah. like go. Well, there wasn't Google at the time. I don't even know how tablet or Jeeps.
1: something. Right. Ask <laughs> was like, oh.
2: <laughs> So anyway, but um, um, the, the what's, worst search engine oh, ever. Oh, Ro- Ro- that Robbie chick. That's all popular, gorgeous right now. Robbie.
1: Uh, Margot Robbie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's that? She played uh, uh, Harley Quinn. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. I don't she know. I just th- I'm throwing her out there
2: because I don't. I'm I'm so terrible with names, but yeah. I like her work, and she's you know, right. She's pretty damn gorgeous. So
1: yeah, I could see that. Um, do, 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 uh, superpower. If you could have one superpower, what would it be?
2: <sighs> to well to manifest accurately.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole new one. We haven't heard that.
2: Cause I'm on, I'm in this whole like manifestation mode and I'm manifesting things, but then there's some things that I'm like, how can I get one and then not the other? So I'm not accurate yet.
1: Yeah. So I I would like
2: to nail that shit.
1: I, I dig it. Okay. All right, Mikey, what do you got?
3: Um, if you could travel anywhere back in time or in the future, but you had to stay there. What would you choose? Like, where well, would, you would you go? Would you go back to like the, s- like the 40s? Would you want to go? Oh, but
2: not in my own life. You no, mean? not in your own oh, life. Oh, I'm like, I'm going Like back. you yeah. right
3: now, but forward or backwards.
2: I love the, the 1920s era. Yeah. Yeah. Why is that? I just love. Maybe it's just because I love the fashion back then, but yeah. um, the music and the is isn't that the 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 Great Gatsby? Wasn't that the 20s or was that the 40s? Yeah,
1: it's the, ro- the Roaring 20s. Yeah, the yeah. Roaring 20s.
2: Yeah, yeah, just just that. The music the dancing the glitter the glitz yeah, yeah.
1: um every lady was a dame then yeah and, you know yeah
2: oh yeah. i i don't know maybe it's just the way the movies portray it if that's not how it was then i probably wouldn't go there but <laughs> i just
3: yeah
1: <laughs> i don't know uh, i don't sure.
2: know what this is but <laughs> <the cigarette, laughs> that's that's those, how this, they would hold
3: the cigarette yeah, yeah they
1: had the cigarette filter thing yeah. all of it yes yeah. yeah, and the water.
2: hats because i love to wear hats so yeah
1: <laughs> all right one more for you uh who's been your biggest inspiration or mentor in life
2: You guys give hard ones. (laughs) I'm coming. I'm literally coming across as so, like, me, me, me. But honestly, myself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, No, you're not the first person that said that.
2: Because, like I said, even when I was like super, super religious and praying, 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 like, not even God came through for me. And I'm not saying I don't believe in God. I do. But I think my idea and version of God has has changed. With god in the church and the four walls and all that compared to god's spirituality universe universal energy the power within tapping in you know the the god within me it's all you know one so i but i taught myself everything that i have today to be where i am today um and so i i'm proud of myself yeah you know what i thought what
3: when you were in the car on the beach and you didn't hear anybody and then all of a sudden you saw four dudes yeah how could you not believe in god
2: well, You right. know what I'm saying? Right. That's exactly yeah. what but I she's thought. she's saying when institutionally.
3: You... No, 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 legal. I know. But when you said that, that's the first thing. And we're not, you know, we typically don't get into religion or politics yeah. or nothing. But when you were saying that story, that's the first thing that popped into and my head. I, and I,
2: again, I won't deny that that was a divine intervention.
3: Sure. There's sure. no other way. Mm-hmm. I mean,
2: literally, they were not there. Right. So mm-hmm. the only way that that makes sense is that something divine put them there. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm just... I think my I think my idea and concept of God has just actually gotten bigger. Sure, Whereas yeah, sure. people try to you know pinpoint God as a He, I don't think it's a He. Mm-hmm. You know that's a worldly term. He or sure. she. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, it's an entity that that combines both. You know um, all encompassing yeah. all. And I think it's just so much bigger than anybody can even grasp. Yeah. yeah. Um. And and I feel like. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to it's it's hard to explain because I haven't even gotten there myself yet. Mm-hmm. I probably never will. But in that moment, there was an entity that God Himself said, uh, "You're going to stay here for a little bit longer." Mm-hmm. But then there's other times where it's up to me. Yeah. So it's yeah, kind yeah. of you know I can't put <clears throat> everything into prayer when I it's, God gave me a brain absolutely for yeah. a reason. Yep. So He's like, use it. So.
1: Yeah,
3: you know what you've taught me on this podcast these are not fucking these aren't rapid questions <laughs> <laughs> maybe the pet peeve and like you know what's your hobby but
2: okay <laughs> but <laughs> questions we, we ask we, we
3: just call them random we'll questions from now them. On. we got a couple questions though just fun questions but they ain't rapid. We, we,
2: yeah we have another hour of podcast because <laughs> no that's just shanda is everything is goes deeper with no me. because we Which talk to good. other
3: people too about it and they're just like fuck i don't know um and yeah. <laughs> take uh-huh. So Shanda was just icing on the cake. Maybe we should revamp these questions a little bit. <laughs> Maybe like, favorite color. Go. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Like,
2: yeah. Favorite food, yeah. Uh, favorite color. Right. We'll make
3: a note. Favorite,
2: uh-huh. favorite word. I don't know. It's something that you can do more of like a snap, snap, snap.
1: I feel you. Yeah. Well, if you. Uh, Real we, quick, I forgot. Yeah, go ahead. To, I'm sorry,
2: I forgot to mention the movie. Um, oh, yes, please. We're, yeah, we're crowdfunding right now. We're 87% funded. Awesome. Um, yeah, it's called The Elsewhere. Um, it deals a lot with the spiritual realm and, and all that kind of stuff that we're talking about. Um, but it's called, yeah, it's called the elsewhere. So the elsewhere, um, is okay. the website. So that. if
1: people want to do yes. the, participate in the crowdfunding or
2: just find out about it. We okay. got Jamie Bernadette, um, actress known for deja vu attached. Yeah. We got the, um, composer, um, Oh, Harry, Harry Manfredini. Okay. He's done over a hundred. Sounds familiar. He's composed over a hundred films. He did all the Friday the 13th nice. Um, yeah, oh, movies. Nice. Yeah, movies. So, yeah. That was him. Um, but it. all of our information is up on there as well as the link to the crowdfund if anyone wants to do that. But yeah, follow, follow along with that too. Yeah, and if for you sure. listen
1: to the podcast, we'll put the link in the description as well for you guys. Cool. Will you get the final word, If uh, what kind of words of encouragement through your life, your experiences, can you lend to people that maybe, maybe it's... it's you know, sexual trauma, substance abuse, abusive relationships, suicide—all of it.
2: Yeah, yeah, I know it's a lot to—it's a lot we covered today, and we didn't even cover it all. So <laughs> I apologize for all the back and forth. But no, it's great. Uh, thank you. I—I um, I guess, uh, yeah, I guess um, that your mistakes and your the things you do to survive. Um, don't define you. That's a big one for me. Um, I carried a lot of shame and guilt for the things that I did to to survive, um, which I've been shedding shedding that as of yeah. late. You know, not being ashamed that I stripped, not being ashamed that I did porn, not being ashamed of whatever, because I did what I had to do, and I did what I you know what I the choices that I had to make were were very few. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I don't let that define me anymore. You know the fact that I tried to kill myself, the fact that I any of these things are not me. Mm-hmm. They're things that happened to me. They're things that maybe some of them I allowed to happen to me. They're, they're, they were choices in a moment, um, but they're you know they're not they're not me. And um, and so I just yeah I guess to tell people that to um, to be gra- gracious with yourself, to give yourself grace and forgiveness. And. Um and to let your messes be your your messages. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Well, thank you, Shanda. It's yeah, been a pleasure. Thanks. We'll have to do it again. You I got know. a lot more stories. <laughs>
2: thanks for Uh, letting me share some of the funny ones i mean they weren't you know maybe in the time they weren't funny but they're funny and and we can laugh about it now yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
4: absolutely (laughs) awesome thank you 5150 is a lifestyle we believe in pushing yourself finding your passion knowing your dreams and working hard always striving to make those dreams a reality we believe life's too short to sit back and say what if go after it grab it and make it happen Being 5150 is committing to that long, hard road ahead that you know is going to be tough, but the most rewarding. That's living the madness. That's 5150. If you're living the 5150 lifestyle, then celebrate by rocking the goods. Listeners of Knocking Doors Down, head over to 5150ltm.com. That website again, 51fiftyltm.com
1: shanda renee thank you again for uh being on the knocking doors down podcast if you want to find out anything more about her we got all of her social media in the description of the podcast and uh, check out some of the projects that she's been a part of and what she's got coming up. And, uh, you know, it was really cool of her. We were in studio. She came in, hung out with us. She really wanted to see how podcasts work, how we put it together. Uh, her story, very inspirational and she's looking forward to, uh, the opportunity to continue to inspire others. And I, I think we've kind of, uh, we've been an inspiration. She might enter this space of podcasting herself. So really proud of her. What a great lady.
3: Yeah. We're, uh, we're looking forward to seeing what she does with it as well, too.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we've got some great things coming up for you. We can uh, we can let this cat out of the bag now, Mr. Naraki. Who is our guest next week? I'll give you a hint. Men, 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 man, <laughs> men, 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 men. men, men <laughs> yep. Charlie Sheen. That is right. Ricky the Wild Thing Vaughn himself, Charlie Sheen. and You know him from so many different stuff. It's really one of the first times he's opening up, I believe the first time, about any substance abuse and some of the paths that uh, he went down. But uh, really a great honor to speak with him. So we're excited to uh, share that with you guys. And, of course, don't forget in the archives, lots of great stories, everything from Bam Margera and Brandon Novak that we had together when we went to castle bam in philadelphia also uh mike the situation talked with him in philly and so many more so go back in the archives check out some past episodes of knocking doors down share them with a friend share them with a loved one share them with anyone that you think could use some inspiration or be entertained by the conversation anything else mr naraki nope i'm going home on that note keep knocking doors down
4: For more info and
0: to get involved, check out carlosvierafoundation.org. This podcast contains the views and opinions of the Knocking doors down hosts and their guests to the show. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only. And because each person is sharing their unique perspective, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast and website are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate. We welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of errors.